It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, Election Day fallout. Democrats pull off a win in the closer-than-expected New Jersey governor's race after major gains for Republicans Special in the state education. of Virginia lead to finger-pointing at the White House and in Congress. Politics is about timing, and we blew, we blew it on the timing. What it all means for Biden's legislative agenda and the upcoming midterms. Plus, royal role. Past and the present are the same thing. We go one-on-one -on -one with Kristen Stewart to talk about her new film, Spencer, what it was like transforming into Princess Diana and the major award buzz surrounding her performance. And Ed Sheeran live. We're catching up with one of music's biggest stars on the release of his latest album, why this record is deeply personal to him and a special surprise you won't want to miss. Today, Thursday, November 4th, 2021. From Leesburg, Virginia to the Big Apple. Girls trip. Celebrating Cassidy's 17th birthday. From Newtown, Pennsylvania. What's up, Frankfurt, New York? From Raleigh, North Carolina. Celebrating our eighth anniversary on, on the, the Today, Today Show. Show. We're here to run the New York Marathon. From Jacksonville, Florida. Hello to our sons, Alex and Nate. Savannah loves all of her Today Show books and is so excited to celebrate her second birthday with all of her Today Show friends. How cute is that? Happy birthday, little oh, Savannah. Savannah. Wow, She's welcome. got everyone's kids' books. How sweet is that? Welcome Love back, that. guys. It's a Thursday. We're so happy that you're starting off the near the end of the week with us. I know. Yeah, it's Eve, time. Yeah. I actually thought it was Friday until yeah. you just told me yeah. it was Thursday. Thursday. Coming up tomorrow, which will be Friday, we've got a fascinating first-hand look at how psychedelic drugs are starting to be used to treat people battling depression and PTSD. We're gonna show you how this therapy works and we'll also talk to people who've tried it and say it has turned their lives around. It's pretty remarkable and given a lot of folks some hope for the future. We'll have that for you tomorrow only here on today. Looking forward to that. All right, let's get right to your news at 8 o'clock. Democrats avoided further embarrassment overnight with a slim victory in New Jersey at the governor's race there, but their painful loss in Virginia has party leaders asking what went wrong and who is to blame. NBC's chief White House correspondent and Weekend Today co-anchor Kristen Walker joins us now with the latest. Hey, Kristen, good morning. Hi, Hoda. Good morning to you. Democrats are still reeling after those stunning setbacks, losing the Virginia governor's race and winning in New Jersey, as you mentioned, but by a much closer margin than expected. Now this morning, the blame game is intensifying. The president saying voters want to see action on his agenda. He and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi are ramping up their push now for Congress to pass those two massive spending measures this week, the infrastructure bill and that $1.75 trillion Build Back Better plan. Other other Democrats say voters were actually sending a message to slow down, to get it right. And they say the president wasn't elected to pass sweeping legislation, but rather to bring order and stability to Washington. Democrats do agree, though, on just one thing. They are failing to address voters' biggest concerns, the economy and those rising prices, particularly as we head into the holidays. For their part, Republicans are emboldened this morning and argue voters sent a clear message rejecting Democrats' proposals altogether. All of it just one year before those all-important midterm elections, which will determine who controls Congress. Yeah, a lot ahead there. All right, Kristen Welker for us. Kristen, thank you. Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates says Washington needs to show leadership in the fight against global warming. He spoke with Ann Thompson at the U.N. Climate Conference in Scotland for our Today Climate series. And Ann joins us this morning from Glasgow with more of that interview. Hi, Ann. Good morning. 
Good morning, Savannah. Bill Gates is not afraid to take on big problems. He has tackled global health, disease, and poverty through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Now he's focusing on the world's biggest problem, climate change. Please welcome to the stage Bill Gates. He is the fourth richest person on Earth. Now Bill Gates is trying to save the planet. Can innovation stop the worst effects of climate change? Yes. Any single innovation has a chance of failure, so you have to fund a lot of different approaches. The Microsoft co-founder came to Glasgow to encourage world leaders to do just that and build a green industrial revolution. What does a green industrial revolution look like? We still want roads, so we need cement that you'd have to call green cement. We still want to be able to fly around, so you have to have aviation fuel that is made without any emissions at all. In some cases, you have a radical change, like there's ways of making a ground beef equivalent that doesn't involve the cow at all, so people are, are trying that out. Can business do it on its own? Well, we need to have a government policy that incents this activity. Is President Biden doing enough to lead on climate change? Well, we're at a crossroads where of these two bills, the infrastructure and reconciliation bill, those get through. The U.S. will move into a strong leadership role where we'll be using our power of innovation, we'll be creating new industries, including the jobs around those in the United States. If those two bills don't get through, I would say uh, the U.S. Uh, is very disappointing. While other billionaires pursue a space race, Gates' attention is on this world. The thing that I get excited about is, you know, making better seeds for farmers in Africa or, or making a malaria vaccine or, you know, coming up with a way of generating energy that can work not just in rich countries. Can we solve this problem in time? Yes, there's still time to not just invent efficient approaches, but then deploy them, you know, within a 30-year time frame. That's daunting. You know, there's no previous project we've done of this scale, but it's still very much doable. Now, to that end, Gates Foundation is giving $315 million to help develop those seeds he mentioned that will better adapt to the change in the climate, and that particularly will help small farmers in developing countries. Savannah? All right, Ann Thompson in Glasgow for us. Thank you. Meanwhile, back here, the White House is ramping up efforts to get millions of young children vaccinated against COVID before the holiday season. Thousands of children between 5 and 11 already got their first Pfizer doses on Wednesday, the first day they became available. The White House says it plans to have 20,000 kid vaccination sites online by next week. In the meantime, Ford has become the first major U.S. automaker to issue a vaccine mandate. Salaried workers now have until December 8th to get the shot or they could face unpaid leave. That mandate, however, does not cover some 57,000 union workers. All right, we got our news covered. Would y'all like a boost? Yes. We ever. Morning boost. Here we go. Jacob and Kelsey, they're both emergency room nurses at a hospital in Georgia. They met before the pandemic started, and then their romance blossomed. So recently, Jacob set up a special surprise. While their friends watched from a window, Kelsey was called to the rooftop of the helipad that's usually to pick up a patient. Mm -hmm. But when she arrived with a stretcher, Jacob was there. And guess what? He had a ring in his hand. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got 
good friends, Tim Kelsey, quick to say yes. And within a few moments, Jacob was lifting her off of her feet. So they posed for some pics. And anyway, can you imagine, wow. you, think, you think it's like another day at work, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? Oh, what a great pick. Well done, yeah. Jacob. And then she passed out of shock. The stretcher was right <laughs> exactly. there. That's cute. Coming up next, we're so excited to catch up with Kristen Stewart. She's got a remarkable turn in a new role as Princess Diana, and it's expected to keep her pretty busy during Hollywood's awards season. Plus, some happy news in her personal yeah. life. Oh, right. yeah. Good morning, right after this. <laughs> If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with my NBC neighbor, Jimmy Fallon, to talk about his 10 years as host of The Tonight Show, reflecting on his long career in comedy, his years at SNL, and yes, landing the biggest job in late night. A little time backstage with Jimmy Fallon. You can get our conversation now for free wherever you download your podcasts. We are back with the newest look at the life and legacy of Princess Diana. Spencer hits theaters tomorrow, and it stars Kristen Stewart as the People's Princess. We're going to talk to her in just a moment. But first, NBC's Kelly Cobiella takes a look at why the world remains so captivated by Princess Diana after all these years. More than two decades on from her tragic death at 36 in a car crash in Paris, the fascination with Princess Diana is as strong as ever. There's Diana the Musical, the hit Netflix series The Crown, where Emma Corrin played Diana as she struggled with her troubled marriage. And on the same honeymoon, a photograph of her falls out of your diary. And then later in the year, I find your love letters, page after page of the passion I'm not getting. This summer, Prince William and Prince Harry were joined by Diana's family for the unveiling of a statue to remember the People's Princess and commemorate what would have been her 60th birthday. The brothers, now living very different lives, coming together to remember their mother. Prince Harry and Meghan's departure from the royal family leading to more interest in what really goes on behind palace walls and all these years later, what it must have been like for a vulnerable young woman. Breaking with tradition, she spoke openly about her mental health and reached out to those who were stigmatized and dispossessed. An upside-down fairy tale. That's how the director of the film, Spencer, describes Diana's life. The film set over the royal family's three-day Christmas get-together when Diana makes her final decision to leave the royal family. Trapped by stiff upper lip tradition, she decides to go her own way. Diana's story still resonates, and the fascination with her continues, remembered not just for her captivating beauty, but also for her compassion and charity. For today, Kelly Cobiella, NBC News. Yeah. We'd like to say good morning to the star of Spencer, Kristen Stewart. Kristen, welcome, good welcome. We want to talk about your movie in just a second, but there has been this news about you that I guess wasn't news to you and your family, but <laughs> yeah. you're engaged. We just learned about it. Congratulations. How long ago did, did that happen? Um, months ago. Months, yeah. <laughs> no worries. I'm like, when did that happen? Because I should remember that date. <laughs> um, months ago. The funny thing is, uh, even Dylan's dad 
um, sent us an email congratulating us. He was like, girls, so happy for you. You're like, you were at the engagement party. <laughs> How does being engaged feel for you? Perfect. Yeah. No, I'm so absolutely just, I feel so lucky and sure. It's so nice to know something. In for sure. Yeah. yeah. I know. I'm, I'm so surely happy. I'm so stoked. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. We have a lot to be happy about. Yeah. You got an incredible standing ovation when mm -hmm. this film Spencer debuted and you really embody Princess Diana, which I can't even imagine how intimidating that is mm -hmm. to take on someone who's so well known. Mm -hmm. How did, did you, just, did you watch The Crown? That was part of the research? <laughs> yeah, I think I watched it in like three days actually. Yeah. It was nice to have that and going through all the memoirs and research and documentaries that actually are not remotely dry. It was just nice to have like a dramatized version yeah. of the story to, it was very clickbaity for me. I just couldn't stop going to the next episode. How did you go about like nailing the accent, the mannerisms, all of the things that were Princess Diana? She is not difficult to absorb, oh, to right. be honest. Yeah. And and I wish that there was a, a sort of key to this magic trick. I have my only answer is that I I I, I took her into my physicality in a mm. sort of emotional, spiritual way. I, I, I'm such a huge, enormous admirer of her and it's hard to not be impacted by that energy I just also luckily had a good four or five months to work with a beautiful coach and mm -hmm. uh, yeah I, I trust process you know it became really physical and muscular and then once I got there it was really important to focus on her spontaneity and her life and I think every picture I've seen of her every bit of footage I've seen of her she is exuding life and just like kind of exploding alive mm -hmm. and so I couldn't make everything perfect and precise you know I still needed it to kind of live and breathe and feel unruly I feel like when she walked in a room it felt like you didn't know what was going to happen mm. and uh, that could That's be projection sort of maybe our memories of her and then knowing what happened there's something about looking back you know hindsight is 2020 every time I look at her I'm like Mm. I get a little bit worried. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The film really captures that because there is a certain unpredictability about mm -hmm. her. And it's an actually, it's a really interesting construct because this isn't supposed to be history. Yes, that scene mm -hmm. really happened. There's a, it's something poetic. You take mm -hmm. three days and imagine what those three days at Christmas toward the end of their mm -hmm. relationship, what that might have been like. Is yeah. that what kind of drew you to it? This idea of mm -hmm. artistic license based in someone we all know or feel mm -hmm. like we know. Yeah, I think that's what cinema gives us is this sort of opportunity to dream and not necessarily just sort of regurgitate facts. Um, you know, it, movies do the coolest thing. They take internal feelings and externalize them. Mm. There's a, this conversation is like literal and we're present, we're talking to each other now, but there are, there are inner lives that people have that are incommunicable. And so um, I think all of the things that we know are true, as, an, as a cultural entity, as an audience, we bring all of those facts to the movie. You don't have to state them. I think mm -hmm. by the end of the movie, we, do, we end on a sort of lighter note because she ultimately did find her liberation and she broke free and became embodied and articulate in the press and like organized interviews mm -hmm. and was like, I'm gonna speak for myself mm -hmm. and have my boys and, and protect what really matters to me. And then at the end of the movie, what rushes in is the tragedy of what happened. And you go, oh, man, mm. 
you get to hold her whole life in these three days without having to sort of hit the nail on the head. Mm -hmm. It just feels more emotional. Um, it's a beautiful film, and we know that everyone's going to go see it. We want to do say, we want to comment one more time on your engagement, because I think you said recently that it would be kind of cool if Guy Fieri maybe <laughs> officiated your wife. Well, we decided we were just going to check in with him to we see what he had him. to think no. about. Yes. Take, take a oh peek, take a peek. Hey, Kristen, Guy Fieri here, and I've heard through the Flavortown grapevine that you are looking for a sweet, spiky haired officiant for your wedding. <laughs> I'm all in. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, is that, that I a, do? Was that a real offer or was that? A... I know. Is he joking? No, I think no, he means we, it. I wonder if yours was a real offer. Do you really want him? Absolutely. Oh, I no, love no. it. I mean, I, do you know where he lives? Um, uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't What's his address? Yes. I mean, like, does he live in LA? We should talk about this. Oh, yes. We'll He's connect definitely you. definitely in. Yeah. Now, we feel like matchmakers. I know. We kind of do. All right, Kristen, thank you thank so much. You. Congrats again on everything, all the good things happening in your life. Thank and you Spencer is in theater starting tomorrow. Lots of Oscar buzz. I don't yes. want to embarrass you, but lots of awards buzz for you. All right, we'll head over to Mr. Roker for a check of the weather. All right, guys, let's see what we've got for you for today. We are looking at a good, decent amount of shower activity, although nothing's showing up on the radar right now, so we'll just go to the maps. 50s in the Pacific Northwest, 40s up through the Great Lakes, down into northern New England, 50s in the mid-Atlantic states. It's, it's chillier than average throughout much of the country today. We are looking for heavy rain moving into the Pacific Northwest. Gorgeous day in the Rockies, plenty of sunshine from the upper Midwest all the way into the Southwest. Storm system is getting itself together through Texas. It's going to make its way through the Gulf later today. Showers and chilly conditions through the southeast. Don't forget, if you're heading out, take us with you. Today's show, Radio and, uh, Series XM, Channel 108. It's Today's Show, Confidential with Maz. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if uh, Pete Breen is there today. Pete's off this week. Pete's, Pete's off this week. And of course, Libby Lee. But best time of the morning right now. What time is it? Carson Daly. Hit it. I thought I was the go-to guy to marry celebrities. You're going to guy Fieri? Guy Fieri's getting in on my wedding. I think so. Business? I think so. You know, Hoda's done that, too. I've done that a couple of times. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's get started. Sex in the City's up first. And the world, of course, anxiously awaiting to see what's next for Carrie Bradshaw on the upcoming HBO series. And just like that, Sarah Jessica Parker are giving two lucky fans the chance to live like her beloved character for one night only. Carrie's famously unrealistic yet glamorous <laughs> Manhattan Brownstone apart apartment is headed to Airbnb. Ooh, the what? space will be available for two one-night stays on November 12th and 13th. That's next week. That's next week. And in honor of it being 23 years since the original show premiered, the price tag is only 23 bucks. Wow. wow. Not a bad deal for a stay in the recreated Upper East Side studio, complete with Carrie's gigantic walk-in closet. And the lucky renters will also receive a custom greeting from Sarah Jessica Parker herself. Booking for Carrie Bradshaw's apartment opens up on <laughs> Airbnb. Aren't you grabbing your phones? Because I know, that's so cute. On November 8th. It's going to last one second. It's I know. Oh, yeah. on like 23 that. bucks. Mm -hmm. Next up, Jay-Z, the legendary rapper and business mogul, is sharing some words of wisdom in a new interview with possibly the world's most adorable reporter, 11-year-old Jazlyn, a.k.a. Jazzy's World TV, is a Brooklyn-based kid reporter who, really, who recently caught up with Jay-Z and asked him about the secrets to his success. To all the kids that have dreams of being successful like you, what advice could you give them? Being successful like me? Mm -hmm. Okay, believe in yourself, even if anyone else believes in you. you got that ultimate confidence like you do. You're very confident, yeah. And just, just believe in yourself. We should oh, have her. Right. Looks like Jazzy's already on the right path to yeah. success. Mm. Horrible. Next up, Sing 2. It's 
this movie's supposed to be great, Samantha. Yeah. Did you yeah. see it already? Yeah. We have uh, an exclusive announcement on the upcoming animated sequel. Universal Pictures and Illumination will be releasing Sing 2 one month ahead of its wow. scheduled premiere date Ooh. in over a thousand theaters across the country. Wow. I have to say, we, we were watching Frozen 2 in the house right now yeah. for yeah. girls, and it's, yeah. it's good. Great movie. Yeah. It's no Frozen 1, like no. Frozen yeah. 1 was so Different. special. Well, let me tell Sing you something. Sing 2 made me nervous because no. Sing is one of my favorite movies, even as an animated film of all time, and I'm worried about Sing 2, no. but I'm hearing it's incredible. Think? You're going to love it. I got to have a little sneak preview yeah. with a bunch of kids and moms. Yeah. Yeah. The moms, the kids, everyone was standing up cheering, Stop. singing, dancing great. in their seats. It's nice. so good. Nice. I've never loved a kid's movie as much as I well, love it. Well, it's not come out until December, but you get to sing two. It's going to come out now on Saturday, uh, November 27th. Film hits theaters nationwide on the 22nd of December. For more information, you can head to today.com. Speaking of amazing musicians, up next, four-time Grammy winner Ed Sheeran on his new album, Ed. Big Life Moments of Fatherhood, no. that inspired the album that he is calling his favorite ever, most favorite album. Amazing. He's up early. Ed Sheeran, right after this, but first, your local news, some weather, and these messages. You know, she beat me at darts, and then she beat me at pool, and then she kissed me like they Okay. Day 30 now. It's a Thursday morning, 4th of November, 2021. Wow, look at that to be Uncle Al poster. A little yeah. bit chilly. I'm that the Uncle is Al awesome. Poster? Right there. The very nice. Oh, very oh, nice. Oh, that is nice. And Uncle Al signed it. Yes, we did. So we'll be seeing back. that on eBay a little bit later. <laughs> Guys, get much. as you saw coming up, one of our favorites, Ed Sheeran. He is out with a fantastic new album called Equals. He's busy getting all prepped up for his gig, at, I think it was his third now, at SNL this weekend, maybe more. And not to mention, he's now a doting father. Uh, we have a lot to talk to Mr. Ed Sheeran about. We'll do that momentarily. Look, for, look forward to that. And then, she was the consummate entertainer, a star in the kitchen, and now a new generation of fans is following the late, great Julia Child. Uh, she didn't start cooking until she was in her 40s. She's amazing. We're going to talk to two incredible filmmakers that capture her rise to stardom. Look at those lovely ladies. We're going to talk to them in just a minute. They made some, I cannot say, what is it? Beef, beef bourguignon. Beef bourguignon. Oh, yeah. yeah, beef B. Our kitchen yeah. looks good. They're in our new it kitchen. It really does. Yeah. yeah, cool. We are going to, in just a few minutes in the third hour today, we're going to have a revealing sit-down with baseball great CC Sabathia. Uh, he struggled mightily with alcoholism over the years. He talked about that, but he also talked about his will to turn his life around. He even tested out that arm again uh -oh. uh, with me in the batter's box. Spoiler. Was it really a test? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Spoiler alert, didn't go well. He still got it. I never had it. And if you have holiday shopping to do, be sure to join us tomorrow. This year, it's more important than ever to start early, and we've got the lowdown on how to get your hands on the hottest toys of the season. Mm -hmm. All right, Al, let's get a check of the weather. All right, let's see what we've got for you. Starting off for our weekend, we'll start with Friday tomorrow. Sunshine up and down the East Coast, except for down Florida. Uh, soaking rain, turning milder in the plains. Big Pacific Coast storm comes in. Then on Saturday, we got more rain and mountain snow out west. Above average highs from the plains all the way down to the Gulf. Coastal flooding in the southeast, sunshine in the northeast. Hey, on Sunday, the marathon. 50th TCS Marathon. We are talking about sun and clouds. Light wind starts off at 45, ends up with 55 degrees. Perfect running weather. And the rest of Sunday, Sunday! Mild air moves to the east with lots of sunshine for really almost the entire country with the exception of the southwest. That's what's going on. I said to say the northwest. And that's your latest weather, Savannah. All right. Oh, thank you. Coming up next, he's the biggest music star in the world, Ed Sheeran, yeah. live on his new album, The Joys of Becoming and a husband and dad and his new collab, collab with his friend Taylor oh, Swift. You're so but first, cool, this is today on NBC.
That was perf. Collapse. Perf. The City Music Series on today is proudly presented to you by City. Welcome back. Ed Sheeran is one of the biggest success stories in the history of music. That's a big sentence, that but is, he deserves it. That is saying a lot, Savannah, and that is no lie. He has the highest grossing tour, listen to this, of any artist ever. He's the second most streamed <laughs> artist on Spotify, and this week he is celebrating the release of his new album, Equals. It is a very deeply personal record, and according to Ed himself, his favorite album that he has ever written. And right now he joins us live from London. Eddie, good to see you, buddy. I know Hi, about a week before Halloween, you got the COVID-19 diagnosis. You've been in quarantine, but you're about to pop on a plane to get out here for SNL. How are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right, man. Thank you for letting me on the show as well. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm meant to be there in person today, but obviously um, I had the quarantine and everything. I got out, yes, tested for five days, and yeah, all's, all's good. Well, good. We, we love it when you come here, so please come another time because you're one of our absolute favorite guests. Ed, um, so excited about this new record coming out. We already know a couple of the songs, and I just read this morning that actually Bad Habits was like a late ad, and now it's this huge hit. Yeah, well, I, I mean, Shape of You was like that as well. I, I find that sometimes when you finish an album, uh, the pressure sort of stops. So that's always the best time to try and write a song when you're not trying to write the first single. So uh, <laughs> I finished the album in like December last year. And then in January, I went in and just threw paint at a wall and saw what stuck. Yeah, that was uh, that was we, we, we rented an old country house in uh, oh, cool. Suffolk and set up a studio in it. Ed's obviously that record is a coming of age album for you exploring fatherhood, exploring being married, exploring, also exploring uh, experiencing loss. I was I'm dying to hear this record, as you well know. Uh, we've been friends for many years. And I have to say, you lost a very good friend um, on March 2nd. Three weeks later, at St. Stephen's Church in London, you performed at Michael Godinsky's funeral. And you did a song. When I saw the recording of it, it was the most moving thing I've seen since maybe Buckley doing ha uh, Cohen's Hallelujah. Um, visiting hours is not only on the record, but you put sort of the the strength and the, the tonality of this record on this one song's back by making it your first release. Tell me about that song and how it signifies this record. Um, well, I mean, the album itself, uh, like I've never really felt like an adult before. I've kind of, I went into my twenties as a, as a touring musician and I just toured the world and partied and what, what, whatever. And then I stopped touring, uh, got married, had a kid. Then my friend passed away and I turned 30. And all of these things sort of led me to sort of be, be an adult for the first time. And that's what I feel like the album's about. But the song itself, Visiting Hours, is I find like grief is something that everyone goes through and acceptance is like the last stage of it. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying like I haven't accepted it, but with Visiting Hours is like I, you just want five minutes with that person just because... Mm -hmm. You, you just want to be able to clear the air a bit before, um, yeah, accepting. Well, it's a beautiful song. And as you said, you've been through pretty much all of the life journeys in, in this short, short period of time, including a joy, which is fatherhood. And you have a really sweet lullaby that's uh, devoted to your little daughter. How's she doing? And how, how are you doing as a daddy? Yeah, good, good. It's definitely the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's, uh, uh, yeah, she's she's wonderful. She started walking. Uh, she's making, I think she said pasta the other day. I think, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, she's, um, mate, she's great. She's great. And um, yeah, we're definitely, 
with new parents so everything is uh we're learning we're learning and um yeah it's yeah it's, what it's, was, it's, it's, a, it's a journey what was lila for halloween uh she was locked in with me actually she so my wife was away when i got my covid diagnosis oh, but okay. i had lyra so i was basically um i was in the house with her we did carve pumpkins and uh we did what well she didn't watch ghostbusters but i did put ghostbusters on after she'd gone to bed <laughs> yeah it's not good for a one-year-old how about um your your collab is that what the Very kids good. say your Very collab good. with taylor swift because people are pretty fired We're up about that. that next week yeah Yes, well, so there's two of them, actually. There's two. So when I first met Taylor, the very, very first day, we wrote a song called Run, and uh, that was going to be on Red, and then we wrote Everything Has Changed maybe like a week later, which is the song that ended up being on on, on Red. So uh, um, Run was just always a voice note that I had, and I was always like, maybe one day she'll want to release it. And then when she was doing her re-releases of uh, the Taylor's versions of the album, she got in contact said, obviously we should do everything has changed but how would you feel about doing run and um yeah it was a real joy to do real real joy to do and get, getting to revisit you know because it's been 10 years since we wrote those songs right. so it's a real uh, joy to go and revisit them re-record them and it was so fun november 12th um we'll get it on the 12th quickly we have the piece of video tip that we stumbled upon of you i guess auditioning for a british tv show that you did not get they thought you had a lot of talent ed um but not in, in the dancing areas. department right. But I, I believe then, her. The, 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 so that that TV show was. Um, I thought that was like the end of my career when <laughs> when I did it because it, it was they put so much pressure on you in in the moment and they're like it, you have to get this part you have to get this part if you don't get this part this is the end and I remember it, not getting it and being sixteen and being like wow that's it and uh, I because I wanted to be an actor and that that was a it was like a England's High School Musical basically um, and uh, at that point I said right I'm not going to be an actor but I'm going to put full steam all my energy into music and I'm, I'm so glad that I didn't get the part. Well I was going to say Ed you might have thought your career was over the only person who feels worse is Arlene who turned you down yeah. and she has a little message for you take a look. Oh. Hi I'm Arlene Phillips the woman who let Ed Sheeran slip through her fingers I did say he couldn't dance, and I recently saw him dance a duet. And yeah, he can dance. But Ed, I love and adore you, and I live for your music. Aww. How about that? Do you know, um, she wasn't lying when she said I couldn't dance. I wonder we saw. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, when, when people say, oh, like, how do you feel about her saying you couldn't dance? Like, I'm like... She was totally honest. Um, but I did learn to dance with the Think Out Loud video, video and I, I actually bumped into her um, uh, just after that video came out, and we had, a, we had a lovely chat. That's so funny. That's like the interviewing the coach who cut Michael Jordan. I know. Uh, when he was in high school basketball. Uh, Ed, and you learned a lot when you were 16, and we got that valuable wisdom when you were our mega mentor on The Voice this year. So uh, on behalf of Ariana and Blake and John and Kelly, thanks for doing that for us. You were a real incredible addition to the show. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. It was so fun doing uh, The Voice. I think, like, uh, what what I love about it is every, everyone who's at the stage of that sort of knockouts is all so good. So it's less about them winning the whole thing and more about them just having the platform of the show to kind of go on and, um, yeah, be massive. So it's good. Well, thanks for being on. And good luck on SNL this week and have a safe trip here. We're all going to be watching. Equals is out now. We encourage people to pick that fantastic record up as well. Eddie, good to see you, buddy. All right. Well, just ahead, she drew viewers into her kitchen with her humor and her charm. Julia Child presents The Chicken Sisters.
Now, a new generation of fans is discovering the timeless genius of Julia Child. We'll talk to the filmmakers sharing a fresh look at the woman who introduced America to the joys of French cooking. But first, this is Today on NBC. We're back. It is 8.45. Not only are we sitting in the kitchen of the legendary chef uh, Julia Child, but it also smells like her kitchen, too. So during the age of jello molds and TV dinners, Child caught America how to cook. They taught America how to cook again. And the new documentary, Julia, we get a closer look at how the cultural icon came to be. But first, a look back on her legendary career. Julia Child presents The Chicken Sisters. Julia Child is the ultimate icon of the food world. She was a force. I'm all ready to make fish. She was larger than life. You're at least six feet tall. I'm six feet two. Whip smart and funny. I'm growing lettuce today on the French chef. Child burst onto the scene in the 60s, quickly winning the hearts of at-home cooks with her passion for food, can-do attitude, and fearlessness in the kitchen. You just have to have the courage of your convictions, particularly if it's sort of a loose mass like this. Well, that didn't go very well. It began with her first cookbook at 49, mastering the art of French cooking. More than 700 pages of French recipes at a time when American kitchens were filled with canned food. Her surprising bestseller and the idea that you can cook like this at home was a game changer for American cooks and Julia Child. Her popularity heated up with her TV show, The French Chef, her path to changing the ideas of what women in the home ought to be. And her celebrity status solidified when she was parodied on SNL. Now I've done it. I've cut the dickens out of my finger. Well, I'm glad in a way this happened. You know, I Julia Child passed away in 2004. She taped her final shows into her 80s, sharing her love of food to the end and leaving a long-lasting legacy in American kitchens even today. This is Julia Child. Bon appétit. Now with us, the filmmakers behind the new Julia documentary, Betsy West and Julie Cohen, who I should point out are Oscar nominated for a previous documentary on RBG. So when you guys were coming up with this new documentary, I was like, sign me up. When can I see it? So why did you pick Julia Child? You know, we like telling the stories yeah. of groundbreaking, you know, glass breaking yeah. women like RBG. And when we thought about Julia, we realized how much she changed our world. And, you know, we also thought it might be kind of fun to yes. tell a story about Julia. Well, by the way, I mean, Julie, the idea that she, it was 49 years old when she started on this journey. She wasn't on TV till she was 50. Like, I was shocked to hear that, that she did that. You know, we love that about Julia. Yes, yes. It took her a while to find her passion. She grew up in a privileged but extremely constrained environment where yeah. the idea was, you know, you're going to find that nice, perfect husband and live stay a home. quiet yeah. life and stay the heck home. <laughs> yeah. Julia had other plans for her life, and she really fell in love with food when she was in France and just decided she was going to make that her life's calling. Well, how was she accepted? Because she was unique. As Brokaw pointed out, she was tall. She's six foot. She's got a high-pitched voice. She wanted to be on TV. Was that an easy path for her, or how did she get in there? Well, you know, mm -hmm. Julia spent 12 years mm -hmm. working with two collaborators in France on Mastering the Art of French Cooking, yeah. which is the definitive book about how to cook French food. And 
when she went on a little talk show mm -hmm. to uh, promote this book, she insisted that they have a hot plate there, which was not something that was done in the yeah. early 1960s. She cooked an omelet, and uh, the host was kind of blown away yeah, by how good it was. And then the TV station decided, oh, gee, let's take a let's chance. Let's try it. Let's try her, because wow. the audience really responded and to Julia. And the cool thing about her was, like, she made tons of mistakes and then, yeah. like, kind of giggled about it. Like, yeah. that ended up being the fun. Authenticity. <laughs> yeah. That's actually yeah. what viewers want. Sometimes yeah. when you talk to the executive, especially yeah. back then, this is the early 60s, they're thinking a woman should be petite and yeah. blonde and Boring. Perky and demure and boring. 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 You know, Julia was the absolute opposite. She shows yeah. up with her little hot plate and her omelet pan, and the viewers start calling in, like, who was that woman? She's amazing. We want more of this. And a surprising thing about her, which I didn't know, I mean, I know she was married for a long, long time, but there was, and I, I don't know how you guys approach this in the documentary, but there was a very sensual part. She said that you should feed your man, you should, I don't remember, there were, there were a few other apps and yeah. something else. Yeah. And something else. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. that, yeah, that part yeah, of her I life. I mean, we knew that Julia's husband, Paul, was yeah. really important. They had a great relationship living in France when he was working for the State Department. But it wasn't until we started doing the film that we realized what a very deep and sensual and really sexy relationship they Isn't had. That interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. By the way, we're having beef bourguignon. Is that one of her favorite? Yes. Uh, absolutely. Was it? Beef bourguignon Boeuf? was a Julia Boeuf? Child classic. Uh, Boeuf is, is how you call it. Uh, okay, so what do you think, just finally, what do you think folks are going to take away from this, uh, from this documentary about Julia Child? You know, I think yeah. they may leave being a little bit hungry. Yes, for sure. There's a lot of food yeah. in the doc, but I think maybe they'll be inspired by the idea that um, you can find your passion later in life, I love as that. Julia did, and you can just, like, go for it. And I think she is an inspiration to a lot of people to just find what you love doing. Well, so are you, too. I just want to say, again, to, to just to reemphasize, the RBG documentary that you guys did was amazing. It was nominated for an Oscar. Here you go again. So I can't wait for people to see this one. Uh, Julia is out in New York and L.A. next Friday, and then a nationwide release, because they're making us wait a little bit. Anyway, we're going to talk talk more about it. And we're going to actually make one of Julia's most popular recipes. We're going to do that in the fourth hour. Me and Jenna, y'all going to show us how to do it? Uh, or for real? Maybe. Oh, dessert? Okay, good. Well, I'm going to eat. But uh, first, this is Today on NBC. Excellent. I can't believe she was that old. I'm not potatoes. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops, on. TVs, streaming. Game console, console. Smart thermostat, set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera, 
Whoa, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go, you are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. As we have dinner for breakfast, Ooh. Mr. Roker, how about oh some birthdays? Oh, that that's right. Gonna, on yes. Put some smuckers on this. It'll be pretty mm. good. All right. We're going to send those jars spinning and see who we've got. Let's go. First up, 100th happy birthday to June Richardson, world traveler from Savannah, Georgia, served as a Navy nurse during World War II, and we salute you for your service, June. Next up. Alice Logan of Durham, North Carolina, a retired home economics teacher, is 103, lived in the same house for 75 years. Happy 100th birthday to Clyde Myers of Indianapolis, Indiana. Planning a wedding? Call Clyde. He is an expert flower arranger. Viola Sykes of Jackson, North Carolina, 100. And she says the secret to longevity, staying active. Ralph Gay is from Yountville, California. A fine diner is celebrating 103. There's nothing he'd rather do than hit those fancy restaurants there in town. And last but not least, a happy 75th anniversary wow. to Bob and Ethel Lee. Proud grandparents from Jasper Moe. They knew each other for just two weeks before they got married. After all these years, they said it was love at first sight. Very much like this beef bourguignon. Mm. <laughs> this is love this, at first sight. By the way, this, is, this is a real Julia Child um, recipe, oh. this whole yeah. thing. Like you know they always talk about that nuts. engagement chicken or whatever? Yeah. No, <laughs> it's engagement beef. Love. On the fourth hour, Julie and Betsy are going to come back. They're going to talk more about their Julia Child documentary and also incredible. make us a delicious dessert. Wow. wow. You're going to be eating all morning. I know. Yeah. Coming up next, hang on the third hour, the inspiring story of a mm. self-taught computer whiz who's really shaking up Silicon Valley. Mm. Woo. Right. <laughs> beef, beef what? Beef what? Beef what? Beef what? Only what? Beef 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 what? Beef